tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! A champion, keep your story, bruh. That's right. We are back. <laughs> the ultimate fighter is back. Yes, it is. Exciting times. It's AfterBuzz TV's The Ultimate Fighter After Show. I'm Jared Gilkerson, alongside Suri Serrano. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so happy to be here. <laughs> we have a couple of special guests today. We've got first fighter on the far left here, Eric Gonzalez, and Ian Harris, coach. Indeed. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> thanks for having us. This is great. So happy you guys are here. Yeah. Thank you guys. It's been since December, so we've waited a few months now for the 21st season. Yep. The premiere was last night. Yep. This is exciting. It is extremely exciting. I mean, I'm happy about it, and I, I don't know. We have a lot to talk about because it's a totally new format. Brand new. Uh, last year, they made a leap and had the all-female cast, and now this year, they decided to hit just the gym. They want a gym versus gym Rivalry. Uh, as we know, the owners, we could jump right into it. Dan Lambert and Glenn Robinson hate each other. Well, yeah, American Top Team. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, versus the Black Zillions. I know that Dana White wanted these teams to come together because it, there's a lot of drama there, which makes for good reality television. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, let's talk about those guys, right? What do we think? What really went down? Let's talk, let's start there. Well, a lot of it's hearsay, but we know that Dan Lambert's been around for years. I mean, he built American Top Team, you know, from the ground up. That's kind. He's kind of that's his big talking point to Glenn. Um, he will argue that Glenn poached some of his fighters to come to his gym. Uh, Glenn doesn't really have a, any background in, in UFC. He was a fan. Uh, I think he trained at the gym. His wife trained at the gym. He was around. Uh, then he got to know a few of the fighters. Uh, Dan will say that he did things a little unethically, stole some of his fighters, and Glenn has a lot of money. He uh, had his own business, had $100, you know, $100 million in the bank, so he threw on his money and signed fighters. Now, to me, that's not – to me, that's okay. It's you know, it's business. That's how business is done. Dan is saying there's an ethical way to do it. What do you think about the way that Glenn has been just signing – I mean, I've heard these guys are a little angry at ATT, so isn't it their – prerogative to leave if they like? Well, I... I God, there's so much to... Where do you even begin? <laughs> but I just want to say this. With... When people leave and contracts are broken or they're not there, I mean, there's such a gray area uh, when it comes to those kinds of things. You know, and it leaves a bad taste in people's mouths and only two people really know what kind of really went on, right? I mean, there's so many different stories. What do you think, Ian, about... Well, I, I think I'm sure it's... Like, there's there's always two sides to every story, right? Right. I think that they're both right in the sense that it's it's okay. I mean, if you're going to start your own gym and you want you have a, you have relationships and you have friends and and they want to they're leaving already and they want to go go to a new gym and you start it, that's totally fine. However, 
that Dan is correct in the sense that, I mean, I guess he, it's a little weird to start a gym when you, that's not what you do. You know what I mean? It's okay if it's your business and you start it and you bring in coaches, which is what he did. But this is a very tight-knit sport and it's a very organic sport. So most people who have gyms or who have fighters, they trained them. They've been training their whole lives. They fight. It's a very big thing to, you know, if you're a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, you want to be, you know, that that's a that's a lot of work. That's a lot of time. So it's like if you just start up a Jiu-Jitsu gym and you've never done Jiu-Jitsu and you hire some black belt and you're the coach, it's kind of like... <laughs> Well, he's the coach. You just you just the money guy. So I, I get where 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 it's where there's that animosity where it's like, well, you, you know, you just you're just a guy with the money who threw money at people, but that is a business. So Correct. it's like managing. You can manage yeah. fighters and have nothing to do with fighting. Sure. The weird thing is that he's kind of the front man, like he's the coach, and he's the you know you see him in the corner or whatever. And it's kind of like, <laughs> well, you're not you're kind of you have nothing to do. Like, what are you going to do there? Really? What are you going to do? Yes, do stuff. I mean, you don't know what you're doing. So. <laughs> So I think I think there's something there's something weird about that, but yeah, I mean if they were going to go somewhere else anyway, so he backed them. Exactly. I don't think that's a big deal. If I want to get a fighter's opinion, um, if you belong to a gym, but you're not, I mean, it seems to me that a lot of these guys are just more loyal. Handshake, hey, I like you, like me, let's have a business relationship. But there's no real contract. As a fighter. If you're maybe a little uneasy about how things are going at the gym and maybe you don't like the way that, you know, the training methods and you want to, you want to switch some things up, what's stopping you from signing with someone else that maybe gives you a lot of money? Well, uh, I, I do feel that there's like a correct way to step out of a gym, especially if you've been there for a while. You know, there's a, a way to go at it, especially, you know, when talking to coaches or even if it's your own decision of wanting to leave, there's a right way to do it. So if you just go up and leave, you know, that doesn't really look good on your part because you've already spent time there getting to know the people there. You built relationships there. But if you're just doing it for, you know, the money's sake, then, you know, then you just leave. I mean, if that's what they're looking for, then they're going to they're gonna go with the money. But if you have built that type of relationship with the gym or something, then there's definitely a way to do it as opposed to just getting up and leaving. And then all of a sudden there's this like tension between the coaches and the owner or the, you know, whoever's involved in the whole act. I think it also depends too. Um, there is, like, he, like, like Eric said, there, there's a way to go about it because there, there's also a, um, when you've come up with somebody, you're, it, it's very, in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu world especially, which is where ATT comes from, they come from what originally Brazilian top team and then they branched off so they, they kind of did the same thing. But, if you started, I mean, I don't know how many of those, how many of those, the people that left started with Laborio, who's um, the main guy there. Ricardo Laborio is the main guy at American Top Team. If if you, or, you know, Dan Dan Lambert, but if if you started there, and you started as a white belt or a blue belt or you know an amateur fighter, and you built up and you're in the UFC and you did all your work through there, and then you just up and leave, that doesn't. I don't know if that looks good anywhere, but definitely in the fight world, that's a that's a big no no. I mean, at the least you have to go and say, hey. I mean, I get if you're on a slide, you've lost five in a row, you're not getting the looks you want. Like it happened to Greg Jackson's, which is which was Rashad's beef, is that hey, I'm for the, I'm up for the title, and now you're bringing in John Jones and these other two oh fivers that I may have to fight. You know, uh, Diego Sanchez when he left, he left because GSP was there, and they brought in GSP, and it's like wait a second, I'm one of the top contenders at 170. Now you're bringing in the champion, so what does that mean that I don't get a shot? I get that. Then you go to that coach and you say, well, what's the deal here? And if the coach says, sorry, I got to do it, well, then you can leave. But if you just up and leave for no reason or some kind of money or something, that, to me, it's 
the, loyalty is a big thing. You know, yeah. and I think that says something about your character, at least. Those are great points. I kind of look at the UFC as it's been around for a while, but being in such a global now, it's you know the last ten years, it's just been a huge explosion. And I'm, I'm I look at it as a bigger sport now. You know, the NFL started really low, and there were more there was more loyalty. But as you get to be more and more teams, more and more contenders, more and more television time, there's going to be more people that come forward that have nothing to do with the sport, and the sport may have to evolve. In some way, uh, you know, to I, I look at Dan Lambert as almost like this old school kind of thinker, and he may have to evolve with the times because there's going to be plenty of money thrown at his fighters' the pockets, or he right? may not. He could stick to doing what he's doing, and he's going to be still successful and where he's at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, there's something wrong too with. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with with the, uh, like a guy like Glenn. I think that's great for the sport. I mean, look at like you said with football. Do any of the owners of any football teams, did they ever play football? Of course not. <laughs> Unless they're like 80 or older than they, most of them didn't at this point. The coaches yeah. did, and, and that's, and, and, and usually, and that's, and that's great, but, so I get it. It's like, okay, if you want to come in, if you're some mega rich person, you love the, love the, the, the sport, and you want to come in and own a gym, and and do that and hire coaches. That's great for someone like me. It's like, oh, for do sure. I actually get to get paid now? Something other than ten percent <laughs> of thirty people who make eight hundred dollars a year. Like, do is that is that what you know? It, which is tough if, unless you're unless you're ATT and you got forty people in the UFC. But yeah. if you don't, it's hard for all of us to make money. If you have somebody yeah. who who can back that and fund that and and help build a team and recruit and do all that sort of stuff, it, it's great for everybody. Yeah, it creates a lot of opportunities. Absolutely, yeah. but but don't but but. I think where he came at it was like, I'm I'm going to start my own team. Almost like he's he came at it from uh, somewhere else. You know what I mean? He came from within and poached people in a sense and left and used his money to do that. That's different than than saying, Hey, I'm a rich guy and I'm going to start a gym. But he is saying that you know there were some people that were unhappy and looking right. for other help and stuff. It wasn't like he was looking right to go poach people. That's yeah. my understanding from what he's saying. Yeah, he's de- yeah, and that's what and Glenn is saying. Hey, these guys are unhappy. They came to me. Right. Uh, there's probably a little bit of both. If right. I were to guess, you know, allegedly, it's probably sure. a little bit of both sides. But I want to get both of your guys' opinions on. Dan seems so hard headed on. If you want to become an owner and a you know slash coach, you have to put in the time. I put in such and such years. You just jumped in. He seems a little hard headed and. He, he seems to be missing the fact that not everyone has to go through the the pains, the growing pains. Right. You know, th- this guy built his own business, uh, so he probably went through growing pains there. Oh, well, now he threw his money into UFC. He's getting some fighters, and I think Dan looks a little hard headed and a little short sighted on what he's doing. Uh, Eric, what what do you think about <laughs> Dan's opinion of of Glenn? Uh, I think he's just a little bit more on the, I would say, what's the word I'm looking for? He's kind of a uh, more mad at the point that he's able to do it so fast, like you know, like like uh, he was saying, and he's taken it's taken him his whole life to get his fighters where they're at, as opposed to a guy that just came in and like Ian saying, you know, throwing that much amount of money because he has it. But it just kind of I think the situation just got a little bit mixed up, maybe with uh, him going to the gym and his wife going to the gym, and then you know all of a sudden fighters leaving, and then he opens up a gym, and then more of his fighters are going over there, so he's kind of just getting frustrated now that some of the guys that he's probably put a lot of time into just get out and leave. It's, it, there's also conflating two different points here. One is being an owner, and one is being a coach. Owning a, owning a gym 
uh, he's absolutely dead wrong. He doesn't. You don't need to put in any time to own a gym. That's like saying, "Hey, you bought a new car. What did you do to make that car?" I, I bought a car. It doesn't really matter. But but building fighters, that is one thing that that I've heard people say. Just in just in general, well, you know, if if he's getting credit for being this great coach, oh, look at the Black Zillions team. They're an, they're an amazing team. But they did. Are they, or are they just a? A group of people that that joined together was anybody actually created from them? Is he a great coach? Is this a great system? We don't know because they were already amazing when they got there. American Top Team built them from ground up. You know that's a, a big difference. Like when people say, "Oh, you know, Greg Jackson." For a while, people said, "Oh, Greg Jackson." Oh, all these all these champions are going there. GSP's going there. That's why it's great. But he didn't build anybody. And I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Diego Sanchez, John Jones. He did build people. He's a great coach. But there are places where. You know, like the Yankees when they when people say they they bought they bought all these people. Now again, baseball is different. You don't actually coach people from little league. To <laughs> no, but World it, Series. it happens in other sports. You make excellent points. But you know, even I come from the world of gymnastics, totally different world. But you know, there are coaches that raise their champions from the ground up. And then Gabby Douglas uh, is an example. Gold medalist switched gyms just this last year. Right. Left her longtime coach that groomed her, right? You know, and became made her a champion. And now she's with a no name coach. You know, right. it happens all the time. Right. I think kind of he's he's got to kind of move on. He's wasting a lot of energy focused on that one man when yeah. you can focus it on your team. Okay. Just my I absolutely, two cents on I absolutely that. agree. But I just I just say I think at the same time he's he's right. He's he's wrong in in that sense, but he's also right in the sense that, well, if you're, I come across it all the time where there's a name, there's a gym where it's like, oh, this is a, this is this great gym, and all these people want to go to this gym, and I go, you're going to go to that gym this this because it's got a name, but <laughs> nobody there's going to pay attention to you. First of all, you're a nobody. Second of all, there's nobody there teaching. It's 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 just, you know there's lots of those gyms nowadays where it's like all these great fighters got together, and it's like oh, all these. Big UFC fighters, they're all getting together, and that's this great gym to go to. If you're just just starting out, it's a horrible place for you to go. But people are attracted to the, you know, it's it's the star the thing. This is the star thing. It's like, oh, look, look, I got a picture with so-and-so. It's like that doesn't do you any good in the fight. So I think, you know, on one hand, they're correct on that, where it's like he's saying, I think that's what he's kind of stuck on, is that that's not a place, that's not a real gym that was built from the ground up, and, and this guy's taking credit for all these fighters, um, but I don't know that, that Glenn's really doing that. Is he really trying to take credit for him? I think it's two different issues that they're kind of arguing about. Right. Yeah. It's and there's a lot of other behind the scenes things. I mean, they're bringing up each other's wives and ex wives on the. It was ugly last night on Yeah. It was ugly. I was like, "Are you all 13 year old girls right <laughs> yeah, now? Right. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, wow! I thought they were going to go at each other yeah, physically. Like, um, well, this is what they want us talking about. Well, and right. This right. is the whole rivalry, and we move into. Now, okay, now we know who hates each other. So how's the show going to work? I mean, it's brand new. It's right. not just about winning a fight or two. A lot of money on the line, $500,000. I know. It's crazy. Right. And you got 12 fights. So the point system, I wrote it down here, this integral point system. So you have the first <laughs> four the, the first four fights are worth 25 points each. Right. The next four are worth 50 points each. And the last four are worth 100 points each. And then they have a final fight in the finale. And to be eligible, you have to have fought twice in the regular season. So they're considering those 12 fights the regular season. Um, this is where it gets... Wait, do, this, the, do the individuals get points or the team gets points? The team. The team. team. So, yeah, team. And then the yeah. team. so how, how do you decide who gets to be in the finals? You have to have fought twice. Yeah, right? and, the, and the coaches, just like in last night's pilot, they okay. get together and say... 
you know, after these strategy. 12 fights, who do we want in the finale? Well, they have to at least fought twice. So you have to oh. strategize before you even get there. You have to think if, someone at least has to put two fights in that we want in the finale. But so technically, you could have somebody who's got two fights. You could have a couple of people, and the coaches are just choosing somebody. Yes. Yeah, it's oh, all that, about strategy. That kind of sucks if you're, if you're the other guy. <laughs> I, I won two fights too. And they're like, sorry, buddy, we like him better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's a it's a cool aspect to the show because it's it's almost like a fantasy draft. All the coaches get into the room, and you know they have to kind of decide. You know, I like such and such, or I like him, and you have to. And the whole strategy is the other team doesn't know who you've chosen until one day before a fight. So you choose your fighter five days before the fight. Yeah. And then you prepare for four days without knowing who you're fighting. And I kind of wanted to ask you, as a fighter, if, if you don't know who you're fighting for a week's worth of, you know, you're, you're, you're in fight shape. You're ready to roll. And then you're chosen to fight. You know you're going to fight in five days. How do you prepare for a fight not knowing who your opponent is and then one day before – Finally, finding out who it is. I guess we work on my weak points at most. At you know, from what I know, that are my weak points, and that my weak points that my coach would point out. So then I'm ready for pretty much anything that would happen. So I'm still focusing on my strong points, but still working on the, my weaker points more as as you know, as opposed to working on those those significant. You know, whether I'm good at striking. If I'm really good at striking, then I'll focus more on my on my wrestling, my jujitsu, just so I'll be ready for anything. So you really want to, I think, I would prepare myself as just more of a mental thing. It's not so much worrying about who you're fighting. I think it's just mentally preparing yourself because once you mentally prepare yourself, you're pretty much ready for anything. You're ready for, you know, to go the distance or you're ready to take it to the ground and finish it fast or however you want to deal with it. A friend of mine, Uriah Hall, who's a big, you know, UFC star, he's always told me um, anytime we talk about it, he doesn't prepare for his opponents and he knows who they are. He doesn't study them. He doesn't watch the footage. I mean, his coaches wishes he would, but he doesn't. He just trains and trains and is focused on him. No, you know what? Though, as a coach, I'm I'm kind of the other way. Most most fighters, I don't want. I don't really want them to to be concerned with their fighter. Yeah. That's for the coaches to do. There are some guys. There are a couple fighters I have that they will watch and they'll come back and they'll say, "He does this, this, and this. I think I can do this and this, this." And I'll go, "All right, good." Other people, they start worrying <laughs> about. I, I, he'll 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 attest to this. I'm always saying, yeah, we, I like to game plan. I'm all about game planning, which is some people, some people think game plans are stupid. Some people get, think game plans are the only thing you should do. I'm all about game planning with the idea that it could probably go out the window at any given, t- any given second. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is I watch, I watch the other fighter. I decide where we're strongest. And then when we start talking about game plan, it's really, we don't worry about what they're going to do. We make them worry about what we're going to do. Now, what we're going to do, hopefully, I've, been trying to make them focus on doing something that that plays to our strength and and, and plays to, against their weaknesses. Right. But it's not a matter of oh, this person's a wrestler, so let's not go to the ground. It's more, let's go after that person. Let's put them on the ground. Let's keep it on the feet. It, it's not so much a worry about them. It's worry about you. So if you go with that mentality, you can pretty much step in and and hopefully fight anybody. You know, with the mentality that I'm going to do what I do and this is what I do. And I think a lot of people they lose sight of that and and. Krokop's a good example. They say when he fought Gonzaga the first time, he, he knocked out whatever, a million people with a left kick. And they said that, I don't know if it's true or not, but the last few, like two months before that fight, he just worked jujitsu. He worked jujitsu. He worked jujitsu. 
And then he gets knocked out with a head kick by a jujitsu guy because he wasn't focusing on the thing that got him to the prom, right? That's the thing. Like, this is what got him there. Stick to it. And, yeah. and if he would have just kept doing what he did for all of his other camps, he probably would have knocked him out. But instead, he let his. He's not going to get any better jujitsu in two months to stop a guy like Gonzaga. There's no way that guy's that good. But he let his good, what he's good at, lapse. And his timing was off and he got knocked out. Well, another aspect that, that we kind of forgot to mention is that these guys are all living with each other in the same house. <laughs> So I don't know if you'd be able to – it'd be hard for me if I knew I was fighting in a day or two to hide that you know, I'm the guy. Like how, how are they not going to be able to read me that I'm the guy? And then I don't well, know. They asked a couple, another guy yeah, or two to, to, act. to act like they were getting ready as well. So. But that would just be tough knowing – I don't know. Just being in the same house with your opponent or opponents. It does change, up, change it up a lot. Well, how would that be for you? I mean you're, they're literally waking up. And they're making breakfast in the house, and the guy's not eating. You're like, hmm, could it be him? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> how would you, as a fighter, hide that for for a week that you're not the one fighting? I'm sure your other guys would, you know, kind of yeah, give you a nice little space. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, I would just seem hard to do. Um, I, I really don't know how I would go about that, but I could definitely see myself just kind of hanging out more with the team to keep me more relaxed as opposed to being by myself and constantly think about who I'm fighting, who am I going to get it into it with, and just focusing on, you know, the good vibes of my teammates and putting that up on me. So then by the time fight day comes around, it doesn't matter who it is, I'm already, you know, focused and mentally prepared. But don't you think some guys are so narcissistic too? Some fighters, they're, no, they're so about, no, I'm like, they're so about like, like, you know, I mean, I know, I know, guys. That it's like you could tell them two seconds. Hey, you know what? There's a. I may have a fight for you um, on on June nineteenth. I may have a fight for you. Two seconds later, Twitter. I'm fighting June nineteenth. Yeah. It's just all about. Whoa, calm down, dude. We don't have anything set. So I, I could, I, you could tell these guys a thousand times. Don't say anything. And I would be willing to bet there's at least. A few guys in the house that the second oh, they, they find out. out, they're walking around going, I'm fighting you. That's a good prediction. That's a good prediction for sure. I think that I, I like the aspect this season <laughs> that they have your, you have your team. Like you said, you'd want to go be around your teammates. Mm-hmm. Takes a little bit of the pressure off and you get that already in the house, you know, versus in all the past seasons, it's individuals and all, all for oneself, right? And at least right. when you have your teammate, you have a little bit of comfort there. I think yeah. I like that aspect of the season. And these are real, real teammates, which is mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there's always that. There was always the teammate thing, but it was somewhat of a. I mean, yeah, they become there's camaraderie, but it definitely they weren't their real teammates, and they know that there's a good chance they could be fighting this person in the finals. Right. That's not going to happen here, and they are real teammates. So that yeah. that definitely, I think they're going to push each other more, and they're going to be they're going to be. Um, there's going to be more camaraderie and more more bonding. Yeah, as a team. Yeah, more unity and all that sort of stuff. Which I, I don't think we I think we see a little bit in the in the other episode in the other seasons, but I don't think you're gonna you yeah. haven't seen it like you would see in this. Season, yeah, you know. I'm excited for that. Well, as a coach, when you're looking at all those teammates, you know, okay, you're a week out of the fight, and you have to look at eight guys and say, what kind of guy do you want for that first fight? I mean, it's it's worth 25 points, but you get home gym advantage if your fighter wins. So there's a little bit of I don't know if there's a comfortableness there as a fighter or not, or if it's or if you get more pumped up, go, you know, going on the road. To me, that would seem kind of fun going on the road and, and winning. Maybe that's a different energy level. But as a coach, when you're given eight guys, what are you looking for when you don't know who he's going to fight? Are you going to pick a well-rounded guy, or how would you go about that? Well, I think that's a tough one because I was thinking about the point system. It's like 
Do you know those game? It's like one of those game shows where it's like Double Jeopardy where, or whatever, where it's like you go. I just answered nine hundred questions, and this guy can beat me with one uh, yeah. because all he has to do is bet everything. And yeah. it's like, does it really matter who wins the first four fights? I mean, other than and and does the home the home thing really again really matter? Because all your teammates are going to be there regardless. Yep. How many more people are they going to bring into the gym? They're only like two miles away from each other, so it's not it's not like they're cr- flying across country. So it's it, it does the home cage advantage thing really do you any good? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know that that really helps that much. Um, I agree with you on that one. It's not that big of a deal. deal. You do have your whole team. And you've got to perform wherever you are. Yeah. I, I think I think it's I think it's, it's more about getting uh, who, who's not going to take the most damage. But if you don't know who's who you're fighting... I think it does like create a, a little pressure when it's on the home cage, though. Because mm-hmm. you're defending your home. You're the place where you train your your bread out with your right. teammates, where you're all constantly together every day, putting a lot of work into. So when you take a loss, I think at home would be a little bit more more pressure. Like, oh, I really let my team down. So, but it was, so the the question is, I guess then you'd have to say, for me, it would probably be, who has who has more mental, who who's going to break easier? And if it's home, if it's at home, I would have to find out who who's gonna who's gonna break, who's gonna feel that pressure more. Yeah. You know, because if there's somebody who, there's every fighter is different, but the biggest thing is some fighters, it's all about the, most fighters, it's all about the mentality. Yeah. So yeah. if there's somebody who gets really nervous, then I might, maybe I wouldn't let them fight at home. Plus, you add all the <laughs> yeah. lights and cameras and everything. So yeah. m- mentally, for an athlete, that's everything. How you can handle yourself. Like, as you said earlier, we were talking about, you, you said something about how whoever's the most patient tends yeah. to. I think be the successful. person who could be more patient as opposed to rushing into everything. Because if you look at a lot of fights, the fighters that rushed into the fir- that first round, that first 30 seconds, usually would take a loss because they tried to, they stuck to their game plan or whatever there was, but they rushed into it and they made mistakes in the process as opposed to waiting for that patient fighter who's waiting and timing everything. That's a great point. And that kind of slides into, so you have these eight guys on each side. If you're in the war room and when you watch the the episodes last night is for everybody. What did you think of ATT going with Michael Graves, young kid, uh, not a lot of experience, but they really liked his awkwardness and he, how he could do everything pretty well. And then uh, the Black Zillions selecting Kamaru Usman, who has had a big wrestling background. And they, they, you could tell from the beginning of the show they said he was a great leader. Um, I could kind of see where the coaches were going with, with that team a little bit. But what did you think of the choices for each team? But now, they didn't know. Did the, did the coaches... Know who the other side picked, or no, no, no not until no. the no. the day before, before. the fight. Okay. When so they have a win. So yeah. it's not just the fighters; it's the coaches don't know either. Um, see that that's that's a tough one because if you don't know, because they were definitely pre- looking like they were preparing, unless it was just the day before, um, for a wrestler, the ATT guys. So I was like, it looked like they were really preparing for that. So I thought they knew that they were facing. Um, oh, I can see Usman. 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 You know, what I mean, they were really. Yeah. As a matter of fact. Um, uh, Graves actually used he used the thing that the Robbie Lawler was showing him on the wall. He yeah. used the, the bridging on the face. I saw that. He used a couple different things, sprawling that they were working on, sprawling and, and going to the back. So I was surprised. Um, I'm surprised to find out that they didn't know because it looked like they were really preparing for a wrestler. But I kind of like. I actually think I thought I thought he, he wondered. I thought it should have at least gone to a third round. But I I was going the other way with Graves. And I think that was a good choice because he's kind of all around scrappy and he seemed really tough. Whereas Usman to me looked like he was nervous and yeah. he just, he was so desperate to get the takedown. And I think that that could have ended really bad. He could have ran into a knee or an uppercut. 
something because he was forcing the issue. So I, I don't know that they picked the right guy mentally, but I mean, he got the job done. He won. Um, so, you know, I, I guess I would be wrong in that case, but I actually thought Graves was a really good choice, you know. We're jumping right into it. I know, like, yeah, I love is, it. So, I mean, just to, kind of, and to go to you, Suri, like, what yeah. did you think of the environment that they portrayed on TV with, I thought it was really cool how they, it, there were no announcers, it was just, you know, the guys from the gym and a few coaches and just raw, you know, it was, you know, a little bit with a little, like, some camera angles that they were doing a little overproduced, but yeah, I you thought. you mentioned that. You didn't yeah, really that they, you wouldn't the see angles. that during a, that many different it just seems like TV a little bit that's going to, but I thought the Nat sound of just guys in the gym, you know, not a crowd, just like just everyone's shouting strategy and, you know, hang on, hang on. And it's that was the coolest aspect I thought. I was immediately sucked in to okay. the fight oh as a viewer. Right. Yeah. Well, watching so many past tough seasons and then watching this one. What I think I mentioned to you earlier as well is that I love, love, love that the teams are there and how loud it is and they're really cheering for each other. You didn't have that. It was quiet on fights prior on tough seasons, right? right. right? I mean, it's just like sometimes it's totally silent. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that part is really exciting. It makes you, you're like, you perk up. Yeah. You know, round two, I was like, okay, we are in this. Anxiety. I got anxiety. Yeah, for me. (laughs) What did you think? What did did you think of it, Eric? Oh, I definitely loved it. The definitely, like, I didn't like that. I love how they didn't have the announcers like you were saying, too. Mm -hmm. You know, the, that, that was pretty cool. You just in there and kind of observe yourself. You're the judge and you don't have to really hear too much of a feedback up until the end. You know, after the show, but I, I really liked that environment. It was it was super loud too. It wasn't like quiet at all. It was they, it almost seemed like yeah. they were like in a, at a you know at a at a promotion or something. Yeah, and there was a lot of people there. Yeah, it's cool. I kind of wish and I kind of hope what they do in the future, but I don't think they're going to change the format. But I wish as getting home gym advantage. I wish no one else from the other gym was allowed to attend the fight. What? So I wish you were just <laughs> surrounded by because they're at the Black Zillion gym. Yeah. So I wish that you were just surrounded by all the Black Zillion fighters and coaches. <laughs> but then it's just you, and then maybe you're you know of course your your guys in the corner. Right. But that would give it maybe a little bit more of a hey I'm I'm in enemy territory here instead of having your whole group with you. Yeah. I just think that'd be a cool mix because there's really okay. not a huge gym advantage my opinion on the gym advantage. I think they just kind of threw yeah. it in there. They weren't really thinking of how it would look on TV and that's just kind of, it's a cage, you know. They're in a cage. They, <laughs> yeah. They're going to fight. They don't care where they are. <laughs> but we'll break down the fight a little bit. So round one. So we have, you know, of course, just to repeat, Michael Graves versus Kamaru Usman. Uh, round one. What did you guys think? Um, there was definitely more action in my opinion in the second round. But what did you guys think about round one? Uh, I thought again. I thought I thought Graves. I know, and in the replay, you could see that that Usman landed some punches. But to me, he looked like he was rushing for takedowns. He never secured anything. And he was trying to wrestle the whole time. I thought Graves won it because Graves was was tagging him up when he went to get him on the ground. He hit a beautiful switch, smashed his face into the cage. He he um, he stuffed many takedowns, and he was. I thought he was he was taking it to Usman more on the feet. And forcing Usman to go for the takedown. And so, to me, even though he was controlled up against the cage a little bit more, that was kind of out of desperation, in my opinion. So I kind of thought, I, it was close, but I edged it actually to Graves for that reason. Eric? I was actually the opposite. I was actually thinking that Kimura took that first round, but just by like a hair. Not so much Not so much from, um, you know, not too dominant, but it was a very close fight. 
but I think uh, Kamara took it just because he was controlling him a little bit more, and that's probably what the judges saw, that he was controlling him, even though he didn't get as many maybe strikes or maybe that technical. He still tried to go for more takedowns. Wasn't securing him, but definitely was getting at least halfway to that point to make uh, Graves work his way back up. Sorry, what did you think? Oh Rattle my gosh! On. Well, yeah, I am. I am not the expert like these two gentlemen here next to me on either side of me, but I have been watching fights for a, a few years. Um, I agreed with the, uh, Eric when we we, t- we were talking right before we started the show, and um, I, I mean, I really didn't know who was going to take it either way. I definitely a second round for me was Kamaru, like for for sure. I thought it was in really in serious trouble there for a second towards the end. But it was exciting. But I also, I, I said this to you as well, I agree with Dana White, which we're going to get to, oh, yeah. about how lackluster it was. <laughs> and it wasn't full throttle, you know, which which you, you have to do. You're, you're, you're on a national television show fighting. Broke. Right. Yeah. Go for broke. This is your life. This is what you've blood, sweat, and tears every single day. Right. right? Some of, some, a lot of fighters do not make any money, have no income or, right. you know, very little. And like, this is your shot. Well, see, that's what I felt about, about Camaro. I felt like he was fighting not to lose. I, I actually felt that Graves was, was, was trying to, a little, mm-hmm. he was, he was being a little bit more safe, but the most of the dull moments were, Kamaro or Usman, whenever you want, putting him up against the fence and kind of holding him, kind of going for takedowns. I kind of thought the Graves was trying to take it to him on the feet. Um, but yeah, neither neither guy was really going for broke. But they definitely were fighting not to lose, and I think that's kind of goes into what I was saying about being him looking anxious and nervous. Yeah, is that he just wanted to get to the night. He didn't want to lose a fight. That's kind of yeah. how I felt. And you can't. Kamara was definitely playing it really safe. Really safe. You could tell he was nervous. Yeah, and they I, like. Like we were saying, you know, they both didn't have that killer instinct where, you know, they wanted to kill each other, really finish the fight. They were playing it really safe. But Graves did, did like he's like, you know, he was saying that it, Graves did put a little bit more on that point where he looked like he wanted to knock him out, as opposed to Graves just wanting to control him, win the fight, and get the points. I hope this is not something that we see throughout the season. That you know, coming from two posh camps, so to right. speak, where where they're not really going for broke. Right. I hope that it changes. I, I'm sure. I'm sure it will. I'm sure that yeah. there's especially the, the deeper they get into it, there's probably going to be a lot of <laughs> there probably will be a lot of tension, tension and headbutting and animosity. So I, I think that yeah. will that will lead to better fights. Yeah, I think it'll lead to uh, guys that are just so contrasting styles. That someone's going to get knocked out. Someone's going to get beat in the first round. These guys, the pressure of being the first fight, not wanting. I mean, there's there's much more pressure on just not. Not screwing up as it is winning. Yeah, but I mean, again, I have to argue. Sorry, <laughs> we'll, I have to we'll argue dive, that, dive into yeah, it. Yeah, being being an a-, a professional athlete, this is your moment. You don't get that moment back. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You don't know. You don't get it back. It's funny because one, I've got a good friend, and I haven't really um, asked him, but I have a good friend who's at American Top Team. His records like. I don't even know. It's twenty twenty something and eight twenty nine twenty five and eight. I don't know. He's really good, <laughs> but he's fought. He made it to the finals. He lost to Ben Askren for. I think he made it to the finals twice on Bellator, and he's fought in Japan. He's beaten. He's beaten all kinds of high level guys. His name's Dan Hornbuckle. He's the most incredible. He's such an awesome personality. He's really tall. He's Native American. He wears a great mohawk, and he's all personality. Like you, you watch this guy, and you're like. He, he's fun when he, when he every time you interview him he's like really funny he always starts crying like he's so and, oh and I'm like God. no because he's just really intense he's yeah. just, and he's a good fighter he's really good on the ground he's like 6 foot something 170 
and he's at American Top Team, and I'm like, why is he not on this show? I mean, I, that's what I don't get. Like, he should be in the UFC to begin with. Yeah. And, I don't, and, I'm, and I'm watching these guys going, why is Dan Hornbuckle not on the show? Because that's one of these guys. Like, he, he's a guy that years ago where he was fighting in Bodog, and I remember this moment so well. He's fighting the guy, and he got kicked in the groin. And he's on the ground, like, and it was a pretty close, oh. it was kind of close fight, but he, he got kicked on the ground, he's on the ground just like writhing in pain. And it's this, it's kind of the same thing where the set is, we're up in Vancouver on, outside of Vancouver, and it's, um, closed set, yeah. and it was taping for a show, and they, they would bring in, bust in some people for an audience. So there's maybe 300 people in the small little room, so you could hear everything, oh you know, and there was like only invited people that were bust in to watch the show, right? And we're on TV, they're, they're taping it, and he's, and he's there, and he's in, in pain. And dead silence, and you hear some guy go, doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, and he, it was a funny thing, he, he goes, he, he, he stops like in the pain, he goes, points at the guy, and he's like, and he goes like, yes, that is correct. <laughs> and he stands up, and they go fight, and he goes, ba 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 and just TKOs the guy. Oh my God. And I was like, what the crap? It was like crazy. And this went after the guy, but it was just like, it was just this moment of, he was. Yeah. You thought he was done, and all of a sudden he goes, "Oh, switch. Okay, I'll yeah. forget about the yeah. pain. I'll go after." It. And I'm like, "That's the kind of guy that on this on this show. Yeah. I don't know why American Top Team. And then it's the one thing that that, that they can answer for me at some point. Why did you we'll not put Dan Horbuck on the show? Well, that'd he be nice to know. Yeah, it, it also be. makes me think that there's. I mean, this is a show. There's going to be more personalities that come through. It's just one episode in. So I mean, hopefully there are. You know, I don't know who. What was the guy's nickname? Uh, creepy Steve Montgomery. I think right. he's got a cool. Uh, I mean, that's a great nickname. Right. But uh, and then the, the best mullet in the game right now. But uh, <laughs> I think you're going to see more personalities come through. But we'll definitely lobby for your boy. Yeah. Uh, also, season twenty two. Also, what comes through is when you're put in a house. Yeah. And you're forced to live mm-hmm. day and night with your enemies or frenemies or you know what I mean, whoever. Uh, you don't have TV. You don't have phones. You don't have all of that stuff. It creates uh, a, a, it creates a lot of problems. Yeah. And some people mentally can handle it, and some people, as we will see, yeah. cannot. <laughs> well, I was going to see what Eric thought about because I differ in opinion. Of course, Dane is going to try to pr- try to you know push all his fighters to the max. Hey, this is your shot. Let's go. My attitude would be. And you can help me out. If my coaches You're have enough... You're trying to get him on your side, well, and you know I, that we here disagree we go. on this. If my coaches have enough confidence in me to pick me first, that means they're picking me over seven other guys. I'm thinking down the road, they're going to pick me at least one more time, if not another two times. So, I don't think it's bad to hedge your bets and just and not go for broke. Mm-hmm. And and you and not show everything you have. I mean, you're going to be fighting every guy that's watching you. That's one of those yeah. guys. If you if you keep a little something to yourself, you know, a little part of your game you don't want to show yet. I mean, think you can still win the fight. To me, uh, I mean, maybe it was a little too close last night, but he, but Kamaru got the job done, mm-hmm. and he still maybe has something else to show. Uh, maybe not. But I wouldn't want to show everything for the show. And for, I mean, there's rounds and rounds of fights. So what do you think as a fighter, maybe not showing everything in your arsenal from the beginning? Um, I actually would disagree with that. Okay. I, would, I wouldn't mind showing all my arsenal. So then it makes a statement to the other guys saying like, oh, like he's, you know, he's, he means business. He's not, he's not here to just, you know, go in there and try to win the fight. He's going in there winning the fight, dominating and showing, you know, every aspect they have. Because you're going to go in there going with a different game plan once you know who it is. Even if it is a day or, you know, half hour to prepare, you already know the top fighter he is. So you can go in there, change your game, your game plan, and since you're already mentally there, it shouldn't be hard to change it up. 
1,000% and with Eric. It's, you, you don't, like, again, you have, this, this is your moment in front of Dana, in front of the UFC, in front of everybody, in front of millions of people. You don't hold back. You don't go to the Olympics and hold back. Although, I, I would say you don't hold back, but I also agree on some level that this is a competition. Losers go home, and they don't get anything. The winners get a contract. So for me... The it, money. It, I, I mean, he'll, he'll, I say this all the, all the time. I have guys all the time go, hey, hey, coach, get, give me a fight. I just want to stand in there and, and bang with this guy. And I'm like, <laughs> why? Why would you do that? You're a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and that guy is just a kickboxer. Well, how about you go in there and get a win? Take him down, submit him. Do it. Why, why try to be... Every time the guy goes... He's the best in the world at this, and he doesn't think I can hang with him. I'm going to show him I can hang with him. That guy always loses yeah. because you can't hang with that. So do what you do for sure, and you don't need to be boring, and you need to put it on the line. You need to show them that you want to be there. But at the same time, your goal is to win, yeah. period. Your goal is to, you know, um, to, to make it to the, next, to the next level. And I don't know if it's so much about showing your hand or not, but it's definitely about getting to the next level. And on top of that, Fighting smart so that you don't take damage. You're there for eight weeks. If you go in there and just get into a, you know, Vanderlei Silva chin for chin, <laughs> but even if you win, you're going home with a broken orbital and a nose that's over here and a cut. Yeah, it's like, then you don't get to fight again. Yeah. So, you know, doing what, playing it smart is smart strategy for winning, for winning the, the fight, but it isn't smart strategy for winning the hearts of the fans and the owner of the show. You know, you gotta somehow. Way. Maybe win one and then go for broke on one. I don't know. There's, there's got to be a way to, to, to mix it up. And there's a way to play it smart, though, too. You know, you could go in there, bang it out, however you want to put it, but you could still be smart about it. You know, bang it out, but be more technical as opposed to just going in there and banging it out, trying to knock right. them out. Going in there, taking your time with all your, your punches, your takedowns, and your defense, whatever it is you're doing, right. without hurting yourself. But still, yeah, still fight to win. Yeah, but still fight to win. Not but fight, still fight not statements. to lose. Right. Yeah. Well, exactly. there was a little bit more action into the second round, as we saw. I, I mean, I thought it, uh, you know, I thought Mike had it with that choke. And so did these coaches. Oh, he's got it locked in. I'm like, no, nah, he doesn't have it locked in. But they were just wishful thinking. Uh, yeah. But I want to know everyone's opinion on, on round two. Uh, it, it was it was a little bit different than round one. Round one was a little more of a feel-out round. Round two, they got a little into it a little bit more. Thoughts, guys? Uh, round two for sure they got into just a little bit more, but I do. But in the first round, I think that Gray's was putting it a little bit more technical wise, and in the second round, he kind of just started going in there trying to hit him hard and losing that technical aspect that he had when he first got into that first round. And I think uh, um, Kamara was playing it, you know, was getting way more comfortable by the second round, and yeah. he kind of knew where he wanted to take him and how to finish it. And, and he didn't, the first half, there was no, he tried, and he, I was going by half, and the first half I thought, I, w- I remember thinking, all right, Graves isn't, isn't putting in the high, the, the high numbers of strikes, like you're saying, he was going more for, he was throwing ones and twos, he wasn't, he wasn't doing what he did in the first round, but he also stuffed a couple takedowns, so I'm like, okay, but um, Kamaro's trying to get to the ground, and he's failing again, so I'm like, okay, well, Graves is, is gonna, he's gonna do, um, he's gonna start building up, and then all of a sudden, Kamara hit some this double leg, boom, like right halfway through the round, and just put him down and had him down. And I was like, all right, now he finally got him down. He finally secured. And then you could tell his confidence started to build. Yeah. And then the second half is he was he, um, Kamara was doing really well. And then and then when then he got his back taken. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, okay, well that might that might put a button on it. 
And I thought, okay, well, he's gonna he'll he'll win the fight now because he's got his back. Even if he doesn't choke him, it's the most dominant position in the entire fight, the most significant thing in the entire fight. And then when he got shaken off and he was on his back for yeah. what thirty seconds, he did nothing. He looked like he was gassed out. Yeah. And 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 we always talk about this too, body language. You can go in there and beat the crap out of somebody for a round, and yeah. if he jumps up and runs back to his to his corner like this, and you drag yourself off the mat, there'll be judges go, oh, maybe I. Maybe he wasn't yeah. doing as well as I thought he was doing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know. And that, you know, falling off, just getting stuck there and not even trying to get up, and just that—that that did not look good. And I think that's what ultimately lost him, lost him the round. Well said, guys. Yeah, yeah. So, what was your? So you thought it should have gone three? Is that what you're saying? I, I, I would have liked to see three. I actually thought I actually thought Graves edged him out in both rounds, but now watch, watching it again, I thought it could go either way. I'm kind of. In the, I, I thought it was 1919. It was. I'm actually. I, I'm for judges. If you have a round like that first round where there's not. I mean, don't be afraid of a 10-10. That's my personal opinion. I think people are way too afraid of 10-10 rounds. You know why judge a round I, in that same way? If there's more action in the next round, oh, we only get a point. That's the whole judging history that I have. There's issues with. <laughs> but I mean, don't be afraid of 10-10 rounds because it's just if neither guy is really showing any aggressiveness, then okay, it's an even round. That's my opinion. Hmm, what do you think, Mr. Coach, <laughs> to me about that? You know, I, I think there could be more ten tens, but here's the biggest thing I think they're need, which they're starting to do. Uh, there's actually a movement, and you're hearing them talk about it, like not just the, they're in judges' um, seminars and in the they do a lot of training. They they do they meet after after um, fights and they talk about um, why did you score this way, and they do that sort of stuff after every fight. And there's a lot more talk now about ten eight rounds because. It's based on boxing, and in boxing, the only way to get a 10-8 round is a knockdown. You get a knockdown, it's a 10-8 round. You get another knockdown, it's a 10-7 round. Well, a knockdown in an MMA is one knockdown could happen. You can get knocked down four yeah. or five times, and so they're not gonna, it's not going to be a 10-1 round because you got knocked down. And then what happens if I take you down and get on your back? Isn't that equivalent? If I have a choke in and you take two minutes to get out of the choke, it's not equivalent to a knockdown. That's a near finish. If yeah. I've got you in something... Um, you know, if I'm taking you down and slamming you all day long and I just keep smashing you and you're not doing anything, right? Mount. I mean, if you get mount or back with hooks in and I'm just pounding on you, even if I don't finish it, that's the most dominant position yeah. you can get on the ground. So that's to me is equal to a knockdown. So we need to either start scoring 10 8s and 10 7s more liberally yeah. or, or start, yeah, not scoring 10 10s. And I, I think it's the other way around. I think, I think if they, if somebody wins the, wins the round, it's a 10-9. If you decisively win the round, it's a 10-8. Yeah. If you dominate, maybe it's a 10-7. I agree. You know? That'd be more, more fun going in that direction because you have yeah. a little more variety. And, and, and then boxing has done has started to do that as well. They If a guy really gets his, his butt whooped in a round, I've, I've seen plenty of 10-8s. Yeah. They, they kind of go that way too. So but We saw 10-8 in the, in the last um, UFC. Uh, Paige Van Zandt, they, they, two judges, I think, gave her a 10-8. Um, just mm-hmm. dominating, and she and it wasn't like she was close to finishing, but she just dominated. Felicia. And yeah, Felicia, and and she and they gave her a ten eight, and I think that's, you know, I mean, think if they had been doing that back when Frankie Edgar fought Gray Maynard, that would have been a ten five that one round. I mean, yeah. he got knocked pretty much unconscious like eight <laughs> times in that first yeah. round. It's like, and what was it a ten nine? I yeah, mean, it's crazy. That's, that's it's ridiculous. like how is that? A, you know. So, so are we doing are we doing predictions today? We can. You know what? I'd be interested to hear what these guys. Let's do it. Let's roll it. Think about what. what little predictions. Ooh, little That's right. Okay. Halloween. Okay. So we've got seven other fighters uh, that haven't been chosen. Was there anyone? And we'll start with you, Eric. Was there anyone on the show last night that you think would be a nice uh, couple fighters to fight next, or who? What fight would you like to see next? 
Um, I wanted to see the. I think his name was George with the George with the big beard, kind of big guy. Oh yeah, gladiator looking guy. Grillo is his nickname. Yeah, yeah I wanted to see him actually on the next fight to see how how he would do. Yeah. He was like the silent warrior. He didn't say yeah. anything the whole episode. <laughs> it's hard to know unless you know that anything about all of these guys, right. right? I mean, I don't know. Do you know much about every single fighter? It's no, I mean, I don't even remember who all, who all of them were. And I don't, I don't remember, so I don't remember meeting all of them. I, do, I mean, like really getting into no, who all... No, they didn't. I, don't, yeah, I mean, I know Steve Carl. I've seen Steve Carl fight. There's a few guys that I've seen fight um, that I know are, are good fighters. And some of them I've never I've never heard of. So I, didn't, I felt that I didn't really get yeah. anything enough to know... Much of an intro on them. Yeah, although you gotta love a guy with the name Creepy. That's right. So, I, mean, yeah. I want to see Creepy. Now. <laughs> creepy. Just, really famous. Yeah. Just, <laughs> That's hilarious. How, how creepy is he? That's what I want to know. I'm predicting there's. We're, we're not far from a KO. You know what I mean? Like the some you're you're gonna get some kind of mismatch. It's it's coming soon. Well, of course. Yeah. That's well, that's the other thing. Do you have to realize seven? I mean, these are big teams. Well, I don't know. Black Sands is as big. ATT ATT is big, um, but. I mean, if we had to pull from our gym, we've got 35 fighters. If I, I, I could pull, I could maybe pull five 135ers. I couldn't get, I couldn't get seven 170s to, at this level. Yeah. And if I did, two of them would be people that probably shouldn't be in there. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, maybe ATT can. I don't, I don't know. How does the, I mean, unless they went and, oh, we're going to do the show. So they went to other teams and, and yeah. brought people in. I'm sure they had to do that. But if you had to actually pull, Seven top level 170s that aren't already in the UFC from your gym, you're that's, not getting yeah. seven or eight. Yeah. Right? Or I guess it's eight. Yeah. So it's yeah. like there's a lot a of lot. questions. There's a lot of questions going to be answered, and mm. th- with this point system, it's going to be great. I can't wait for the rest of the season. This season, yeah, it's going to be fun. Be and there, maybe we'll see the coaches throw down, or the own. I mean, sorry, the <laughs> owners throw down. <laughs> well, Dana did hint last night on uh, the Fox, um, Fox Sports One Tough Talk that. You might, you may or may not see them kind of go at it. We'll not see. like an official fight, but kind of <laughs> like getting one. Yeah, that would be bad. That would be bad. Yeah. Yes, let's just say yeah. that would right. be very bad. <laughs> if there's money on the line, hey, get in the ring, get in the octagon. Um, we're gonna wrap up. Uh, don't forget about iTunes. You can download us on iTunes. You know, tell your friends about the show. Yes. Hashtag ABTV Tough. And then where can they find all you guys on uh, social media? Uh, on Twitter, you can get me on Archundia92, A-R-C-H-U-N-D-I-A-92. That'll be my personal Twitter. And on Facebook, you can also find me on my profile page, The Ghost Pepper, Eric Gonzalez with uh, CK. Love it. And you, I'm at Surrey Serrano on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Periscope. Um, everything for me is uh, at Comedioker, which is like comedy and mediocre mixed together. Comedioker. <laughs> I love it. So That's easy. Yes. And I'm Jared Gilkerson. You can find me at Gilkerson Radio. Thanks for watching, guys. Until next week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.